0: Check it out. Welcome to Top of the Class. Hear from education experts and get insights from high achievers to learn how you can do the same. Get into those top
1: schools. Ready?
0: Proudly presented by Crimson Education, the world's leader in university admission support. Hello and welcome to College Chats, a new series of the Top of the Class podcast. I'm your host, Alex Cork. And today I chat with Crimson Education Strategist, former Oxford interviewer and Cambridge alumni Hannah Robry. Hannah shares her insights into the all-important Oxbridge interviews, her advice for students to prepare, and some funny stories that have come from the high-pressure interview environment. Let's chat with Hannah Robry. Hannah, welcome to College Chats. It's awesome to have you on the show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Thank you very much, lovely to be here. So yes, I used to be a student at the University of Cambridge, Uh, I studied natural sciences there. Since then I've done quite a few different things, Uh, so I was a scientist for a little while and then I was a science teacher for a few years, Um, but I spent most of my career as an admissions officer at the University of Oxford, so I really enjoyed working with students, supporting them through the application process and then running the application process as well, and then since then I've come to work at Crimson, which has been fantastic. Is that like heresy in the UK going
0: from Cambridge student to Oxford admission officer? Talk me through that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I've gone to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I mean actually, you know, obviously there's this great rivalry, at least kind of, you know, perceived between Oxford and Cambridge. And indeed, kind of Cambridge started as some um, professors who ran away from Oxford and started their own university. So uh, yes. there is this uh, historic rivalry for hundreds of years. Um, however, actually, you know, it's a lot of friendship between the two and a huge amount of movement um of students and, and staff, lots of people have have dual citizenship, as it were. Oh,
0: Okay, right. There you go. I didn't know that. I thought it was like once you're a a Cambridge person, you're a Cambridge person for life or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know there was many staff and students moving in between. But that's good to hear, I guess, you know, the, the more the merrier and sharing of knowledge and all the rest of it. That sounds good to me. Now, you're a Crimson strategist nowadays. What does that role entail? And how have you found that fulfilling for you?
1: yeah it's it's a great role so it sort of spans a lot of things really so I'm working with lots of different students around the world supporting them in preparing for the application process in the UK um so that can be anything from sort of just thinking strategically obviously as a strategist um in terms of their university choices and, and course choices but also thinking about things like their qualifications um their super curriculars so things that are doing to kind of boost their profile in terms of developing their interests and, and deepening those as well in preparation for application um then also So specific aspects of the application process, so preparing personal statements, um, thinking about admission tests and interviews um, and sort of working towards getting ready for those and getting students uh, feeling comfortable and confident um, with the application process when the time comes.
0: Are you the kind of strategist that you wish you had when you were a student applying to Cambridge? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, at least I hope so. I mean, I, I didn't, have, didn't have anyone like that when I was applying. So I grew up uh, in, in rural Yorkshire in the North UK. I, mean, I went to you know, a lovely state school, but the kids didn't go to Oxford and Cambridge, really, um, where I grew up. it wasn't really um, an expectation for students there. And so I kind of made it up myself, really. I was my own strategist um, in terms of preparing for that, but I had no, no expectation that I would be going to Cambridge. So it was very, very exciting to do so.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, we are going to be talking about one particular element of the application today, and that is the Oxbridge interviews. Now, these have taken on, I guess, like a kind of mythical status around the world for how challenging they can be. I've seen some blogs about the kind of questions that students get depending on the courses that they're applying for. But for students who may not know too much about the Oxbridge interviews, can you give us kind of like a general introduction as to what they are?
1: Sure. So it's quite an important part of the application process for, for like Oxford and Cambridge. There were other aspects as well, but this is a kind of key element in terms of testing a student's teachability. So a lot of people get very nervous about interviews and think that it's meant to be this sort of nasty, <laughs> difficult test where you're throwing lots of impossible questions or kind of bizarre things that you couldn't possibly answer to. And that's not the intention at all. Um, so the nature of an interview is actually a sort of mock tutorial or mock supervision. Um, so Oxford and Cambridge have different words for this, but basically this is. The small group teaching, which is is typical um, for how how teaching happens in Oxford and Cambridge, and so they're testing the students' suitability for that kind of teaching, whether they're going to flourish in that kind of environment. The nature of questions will often be that it's something that you perhaps haven't come across before, a sort of new scenario, but something where you can apply your existing knowledge and skills to, to sort of work through that question. So it might be something where you don't have an immediate answer to it, which often is why then if you see you know on blogs about interview questions, they look completely. Bizarre are they completely impossible and it can be a little bit off-putting for yeah. students, actually, because they're taken completely out of context there's no sort of single standalone question that you just have to have an answer to right. but rather that'll be a sort of starting point for a discussion you might not immediately come to an answer but actually the tutors will be sort of giving you prompts maybe giving you questions or new information to help you work through that and they're seeing how you respond to that effectively how you respond to their teaching um, and so whether you're going to be a good student for them
0: yeah, so what kind of dictates a well done interview? Is it being super chatty or is it being super knowledgeable? Like what would a student have to do to leave the interviewers wowed after you you leave the room?
1: Yeah, really good question. I think um there's no sort of typical student in, in that sense. I think a lot of people think that they even need to be very extroverted, very opinionated, all those yeah. kind of things. None of that really matters, you know, ultimately. These interviewers, they're they're interested in your brain. They're interested in finding out what's what's going on in there, um, and a sort of finding out about your intellectual curiosity and flexibility so I think a key thing in terms of wowing interviews I mean obviously you know being knowledgeable isn't going to be a bad thing but actually also being kind of intellectually curious intellectually open-minded so again these questions might be things you haven't come across before but actually kind of approaching them with an open mind and thinking okay you know how how can I think about this what can I do about this what do I need to find out um to be able to work through this so actually a student who listens to the interviewers will impress them in the sense that they're taking on board all that information that they've Mm. been given. Also a student who, um, you know, isn't afraid to try things out and actually sort of speak out loud. Often advice I give to students is sort of say what you're thinking, you know, because ultimately the interviewers want to see that thinking process. So actually saying, you know, I'm not sure, but this is what I do know. This is what I'm going to try here. Um, That's a really really useful thing in sort of showing that thinking process to the interviewers.
0: Right. And I think I've heard from students in the past that the interviewers are not necessarily looking for a student who knows everything right they're not looking for correct answers because there really is no correct answer to a lot of the questions they're mainly as you say looking for that thinking process and that thought process so to do that well as you said like talking through the answer is perhaps a good tip are there any other tips that could help a student demonstrate that they are thinking their way through these questions in an intellectual manner that the interviewers are looking for
1: sure um so i think you know certainly explaining themselves is is really important and also again kind of having flexibility in terms of information often a common error for students is thinking that to kind of show off they need to sort of doggedly stick to their opinion and need to be like, yes i can argue well because i know what i'm saying and i'm not right. going to change my mind for anything and actually you know that's not going to be impressive in the sense that they want to see that you could maybe change your mind in in the face of new information and actually take that on board um, so again sort of absorbing information as you go along. Also not being afraid to sort of go back and and correct yourself in the sense that it's quite common um, within an interview that you might have said something earlier that you gradually realise later on was rubbish. (laughs) And actually it's fine to go, rather than being like, no, I was brilliant, nothing was wrong, um, (laughs) go, oh... (laughs) i've realized what i said back then wasn't quite right can i go back and you know talk that through again um again it's fine also fine you know not to have an immediate answer in, and i don't just mean in terms of having an immediate right answer but actually you know to take a moment to think um you know these are these are hard questions these are things that you're going to have to use a bit of bit of brain power about so you know it's fine to, to take a, a beat um and think that through and also have to ask for sort of clarification from interviewers. interviewers are, are human beings they're fallible they yeah. might not have asked the perfect question <laughs> they, might, they might have asked it in a really rubbish way um so to say, oh, you know, could you repeat that? Could you say that in a different way? Could you explain what this thing means? Um, that's perfectly acceptable as well. And actually, you know, it's impressive to interviewers that that you're, you're kind of really thinking things through.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, I know this is more like a logistics question regarding the interviews, but I'm not quite sure what happened during the last interview round because of COVID. And I know there's always been debate around the value of going on campus versus doing it virtually, versus I believe you can also do the interview in Singapore, as I understand. So what are your thoughts around like the logistics of actually sitting the interview?
1: yes obviously you know last round very different from, from usual the UK was in full lockdown at the time um so all kind of UK interviews were remote in in normal years and hopefully in sort of future years the situation is the majority of interviews happen in person in the colleges but obviously students sort of from overseas aren't expected necessarily to travel all that way occasionally you do have students who, who want to come in person I think i had one student come from Australia once but that's, that's a long way to go yeah. with the interview um, but yeah most students outside of Europe would, would be having remote interviews in terms of the sort of situation for students and what's best for them and um, you know, I used to, I actually used to run the remote interviews uh, for the colleges that I worked in so it was always you know a great great process with students setting those up I would say you know it is a slightly different experience from an in-person interview you know you aren't quite as face-to-face in the same way you don't get quite the same interaction with interviewers so it's a slightly different thing but that doesn't mean that you're at a disadvantage mm. if they're interviewing you they want to see <laughs> what you're like as a student they will will do everything to get all they want out of you and, and see what's going on in your brain but yeah it's a slightly different experience um but now now everyone's having remote interviews, so yeah um, it's the same for everyone really um in terms of like the overseas sort of in-person interviews that's just a Cambridge thing so Oxford don't do that um although they do have a sort of <laughs> a big setup uh, in Singapore for remote interviews so it's quite a thing there remote interviews but yeah Oxford, um, Cambridge do great um these sort of in-person overseas interviews in a, in a few locations um again that can be a good opportunity for students to have that experience um Although, again, I might be getting different interviews then from the sort of main cohort of students. So, yeah, swinging roundabouts in terms of uh, sort of what's best for students in that respect.
0: I remember chatting to one student who went there and she wanted to go there just to have the campus experience as well as the interview on campus as well. So it can be beneficial, I think, if you're planning on staying there. If you haven't been to Cambridge or Oxford before, I was lucky (laughs) enough. I I actually went in uh, 2019, I think, and just as a tourist and totally (laughs) went and did the Oxford tour and the Cambridge tour and, and loved both of them. Is the interview style different depending on the university? Are they looking for like, different things. So say for instance, you're a student wanting to study science, for instance, would you prepare differently for a Cambridge interview as you would an Oxford interview, or would you prepare fairly similarly?
1: Yeah, they're, they're pretty much identical um, right. in terms of how they operate the interviews, I would say. I mean, there's sort of, again, slight logistical differences in terms of how they work. Um, so Cambridge tends to do interviews kind of in one day for each student. Um, so you still might have two or three interviews, but it'll be in a sort of relatively short space of time. You might also have at-interview tests or activities or maybe reading to do prior to the interview. But that usually happens in a, in a sort of more condensed period. That said, students obviously still can stay over in the colleges if they have come in from overseas in Cambridge. In Oxford, it's a slightly longer process, so you still are likely to have kind of two or three interviews but maybe more um if you're going to sort of stay in oxford for the process and it usually happens over the course of maybe two or three days so students will be kind of in, in there for the long run and it's yeah. quite a kind of nice experience of hanging out in the college you'll get to know the other candidates usually they're putting on kind of socials and activities um so they have lots of lots of student helpers in oxford um who come and come and hang out with you um so it's, it's quite a quite a fun time um often this is you know december around christmas time i had yeah. one year where it snowed <laughs> so wow. we had a lot of fun with that <laughs> Had to get everyone some wellies, but it was it was quite a good time. Um, so yeah, different experience with the sort of Oxford process, but the interviews themselves will be the same. Another slight difference to Oxford is that you might be interviewed by more than one college while you're there for interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cambridge you'd only be interviewed by the one, the one college that you'd apply to, whereas Oxford everyone has a good look at you. Um, yeah, so you yeah, get, yeah, get sort of sent around. Often you don't necessarily know in advance which colleges those are going to be. So you'll know your first one, but you might not know maybe one or two other colleges that you're going to go to. So it's a bit of a, bit of a mystery talk in that respect.
0: Right. That sounds a bit of fun. Well, what's one <laughs> of the most common questions that you get from students and or parents about the interviews? Like you're a strategist, you're working with this student throughout their entire application process. If they were to sit down and say, Hannah, we're looking at the interviews. This is my main concern. What is that main concern that you often hear?
1: One of the biggest concerns is, you know, is it going to be scary? <laughs> you know, am I, am I going to cope with that? Um, and people yeah. are quite nervous about interviews. That's completely understandable. You know, it's a big, important thing. as part of the application process. Being, being nervous is entirely fine. But I would say, you know, in answer to that, there's nothing really to be scared about. You know, the nature of the interview, as I said, is that it's meant to be this sort of mock tutorial. It's not meant to be this nasty test. You're not expected to know all the answers. If you already knew everything, you wouldn't need to go to university. <laughs> so yes. you know, it, it, it's okay to get things wrong. Also, you know, interviews oh, humans are humans and have, you know. Most of my kind of strong memories of my time in admissions are that the things that went wrong, I knew that, that wasn't students, that was, that was, that was the interviewers themselves going wrong. Um, so, you know, I had one tutor and they were just completely missing. Uh, they hadn't turned up. Uh, and we were oh. really worried. We thought something terrible had happened. We were like sending people out to try and find them. Uh, and they just, they just left him. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, they make mistakes. They're, they're just yeah. human. Um, they're not these like, you know, higher beings who are better better than us. There's people who, who accidentally sleep in when they're supposed to be doing an interview. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so so don't worry, you know, these people these people are normal, these people make mistakes. Um and actually, you know, they're they're also people who love your subject as well. So they're yes. gonna be Super excited to meet you. Often, you know, they might be doing quite a niche academic field. They might not meet many people who like the same thing that they do. So, having a student who's like, "Yeah, I love this. This is what I want to study," actually, is quite a nice experience for them as well. So, I would say, you know, certainly from from my experience onwards, from having been a student and having gone through the interview process, the Oxford and Cambridge interviews are probably the most exciting and interesting interviews you'll have in your life. Yes. <laughs> really, in the sense that you know, job interviews just like, "Oh, you know, where do you see yourself in five years' time?" Right, <laughs> you know, right. Greatest weakness and all that kind of stuff. Whereas you're debating big issues in your subject, you're talking to people who are at the top of their field, you know, the best people in your subject ever. That's a pretty exciting opportunity to have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know if I was a student in that situation, I would be super nervous waiting for the interview, like in that kind of five-minute beforehand type of scenario. Actually, I was talking to a student from Sydney who uh, worked with us for a while and got into Oxford And he said he was waiting outside the room and the door was slightly ajar and he could hear the interview going on before him. And he (laughs) said the, the poor kid before him did terribly or what he thought, you know, did terribly. And it just made him like 10 times more nervous. Like his heart was already in his throat and he could hear what was going on. And he now wonders whether or not that was like a deliberate tactic by the the interviewers just to kind of scare the students coming in, you know, straight after to leave the door ajar slightly. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he said that that was not a good experience. But once he got in and settled and started realizing, as you said, they're just people, uh, he relaxed into it and, and ended up getting in, which is fantastic. Now, in terms of preparation, what would you recommend for students to do as like preparing for an interview that changes all the time, right? Like it changes depending on the day or the interviewer or the subject. Like it's, you know, it's a moving target. So how do you prepare for this?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think there are obvious things to do in the sense of actually just being comfortable with the things that you should know. You know you're yes. not expected to learn extra stuff the interview, you're not expected to know anything beyond what you've done at school, but feeling comfortable with everything that you have learned in any relevant school subject is, is pretty handy, you know, it's not going to do you any harm to do a bit yeah. of revision. But, so yeah, that's useful. Also, I think just kind of familiarising yourself with that process. And so, you know, like you say, students don't feel nervous, obviously, that's natural, but actually... Being aware of what's going to happen, being prepared for that means that you're going to feel a little bit more calm. You're going to, okay, you're going to find out what this is. Um, there are lots of great, uh, so lots of colleges have produced nice little YouTube videos of what, video, of what um, interviews should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can sort of see, see what an interview looks like. Also, you know, just getting comfortable with chatting about your interests, chatting about um, you know, actually, academic matters and what you think about them. So find find a willing victim, <laughs> someone at home who <laughs> you can you can tell all your favourite things. The subject, explain the difficult bits to them. That's really useful. Um, a lot of students find mock interviews useful as well. So that can be a useful process. I and, bet you uh, do that plenty, right? I, that's one of my favourite things. I, I love a mock interview. Um, I love working through interview questions. I think you know they're, they're very beautiful in how they work. I think you yes. can go from a student and think, like, "This is really scary," to so, like, "Okay, this is something that accessible." something we can work through actually I have my my own door ajar story for you Um, so when I was my own interview at Cambridge however many years ago the door was ajar when I got to my interview and I could overhear what they were saying and this is the the previous student wasn't there anymore and they were talking about me which is which is pretty horrifying Um, so they were talking about my application and they said Oh, you know, her grades look, look okay. Um, let's ask her the hard questions. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, that was not—that was not what I wanted to hear. I was like, no, don't ask me the hard questions. No, <laughs> my grades aren't good. Ask, ask me the easy questions, please. <laughs> so, Maybe the door yeah, jar is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's obviously a thing. Yeah. So I was—I was a little, a little bit uh, shaken by that. But actually, no, I went in there. It was fine. You know, yes, the questions are challenging, but actually, they were enjoyable. And you know, the teachers... Help me work through what's more, more difficult. And obviously I got in, so I worked too hard, uh, clearly. But I think, yeah, the sort of takeaway message from that is that, you know, yes, of course, you know, it'll be challenging. Um, but actually. If you're prepared and if you're really you know, enthusiastic about it and, and sort of have an open mind to, to what's being asked, then you'll you'll be all right through that process. But yeah, don't, don't be put off by anything weird the interviewers say. Also, yeah, I got completely thrown. My first question of the interview, because often interviewers will ask us what they think is like a sort of settling question. Be like, how was your journey? Or, you know, what did you have for breakfast? Or something like that. And they misread between where my school was and where I lived. And they were like, oh, you know, did you have a good journey from this town? And I was like, that's not where I live. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I was like, oh no, oh, no I've, got, I've got the first question wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just said that's where I live and I've like, not contradicted them. But obviously that yeah. Yeah, was fine. So again, don't be thrown by that you know, first question. Um, I did have actually, again, a, a nicer story about interviews who did manage to sort of completely put the student at ease, uh, which was a student was so nervous. The interviewers came out and called the name for a student to come into that interview. It wasn't the student's name. <laughs> the student got up and went in. Now, these interviewers were so nice. They didn't tell him that he'd got it wrong. They just carried on and did the interview. Consummate season. professionals. Yeah, so they just went straight ahead. And I was so I was like running the interviews at this point. I was quite worried because a the student then officially from my point of view had gone missing. And we yes. had an interview where a student hadn't turned up. But I was like, where is the student? What's happened? But these, you know, lovely interviews just gone through this interview with a student just done it he was none the wiser but it was it was the wrong interview and they they just were very kind to him and you know, he got through that absolutely fine
0: fantastic
1: well we were about
0: to wrap up but before we do what would be your one or two top tips for students to stand out from the crowd of course this is the top of the class podcast we've had some amazing students that we've been interviewing over the last 31 32 episodes now And, you know, a lot of these students stand out mainly through pretty amazing extracurriculars. But what would be your advice for students if they were like, okay, competition's pretty fierce. I want to make myself stand out. How would I best do that? What would be your advice?
1: Yeah, I think at a very sort of basic level, actually, just just finding something that they really love, um, you know, and exploring, kind of broadening their academic horizons. Um, ultimately, you know, you want the subject that you're going to apply for, that you're going to study at university, be to be something where you know perhaps you, you go home to your family and you tell them everything that you learnt in that thing today at right. school, or you know you've read a book and you like run downstairs and say, oh, I found this out, <laughs> I want to tell you about it. You know, that's how you should feel about it. And actually, if you have. That level of enthusiasm—that and that is something that's going to shine through in the application process. That's something that's going to come through in the personal statement. That's something that's going to come through at interview. And you know, people who are looking at those are going to be able to see that, and are going to see, okay, yeah, this is a student who who loves this, who is going to be motivated, um, to continue this through their studies. Um, I think again, sort of specifically then within those aspects, like the sort of personal statement and the interview, there are areas where you really can shine and sort of show where your sort of strengths are in that respect. Um, Um, So I suppose, you know, again, within a personal statement, obviously, you know, I've I've been watching podcasts and I've seen some really inspiring students, you know, I think they're wonderful, but not every student has the opportunities to do these sort of dazzling experiences. However... You can have relatively simple experiences and still have dazzling insight into them and I think that's the key thing in terms of shining as a student uh, right. which is that uh, one of the best personal statements I read was from a student who'd watched a, a TV show, um, so it was a, a political comedy from the UK called The Thick of It and again I'm not necessarily advocating that you should write about TV your personal statement but this one was fantastic so he was saying you know what he'd learned from that, what inspired him from that and then you know all the books that he'd gone to read about politics yes. on the basis of that inspiration but it was it was just very very genuine and actually he insights from that were so so thoughtful you know he was showing those thinking skills that universities are going to be looking for on that basis so it's not not what you've done but what you've got out of it what you've thought about it and so showing showing depth of thought. i think that's such good advice and i can't
0: believe i've worked at crimson now for nearly what is it almost five years now and that is the first time I've heard that actually kind of, you know, in, in that simple term, right? It's not about the heights of your experiences. It's about the kind of depth of your insight more so. You know, the access to these kind of amazing extracurriculars might not always be possible, you know, particularly now in COVID when half the world's locked down, it's very, very difficult. So uh, often it's about the depth of your insights is what will really make or impress particularly interviewers. And I think, you know, that that kind of subject specialist interviewer, right? They're they're really looking for someone who has thought deeply about the subject. And it's sometimes hard to think deeply about a subject that you might not have studied much at school, like astrophysics or something like that, right? But even if it's like watching a cool TV show and getting some insights from that and the books, of course, let's not forget the books. That's a very important ingredient there. Right. But still, I I love that. I love that. I think that's such a good takeaway for students. And I'm sure students were to apply that lesson, they would be held in good stead for their application. Well, Hannah, it's been an absolute joy chatting. And I hope students have learned as much as I have about the Oxbridge interviews. And of course, if students want an opportunity to work with someone like Hannah, there is going to be a link in the show notes for a free one hour consultation with a lovely local academic advisor as well. Thank you again, Hannah, for joining us on the college chats as part of the top of the class. I don't want to get confused with all these series names, but either way, it's been an absolute joy having you on and look forward to sharing your insights about the Oxford interviews far and wide. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Top of the Class. Subscribe for future episodes. For show notes and to plan your best future, head to crimsoneducation.org.